Hi there, and welcome to episode nine of The Green Room, and once again, joined by James. Hi there. Hi there, Nick. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for pointing out my name. Uh, and well, you, you forgot to do it, so I, I forgot I to say, yeah. Just let people know. Should have, should have. Uh, so, uh, nine can, can sometimes be the end of a sequence, but uh, hopefully not with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed our first I nine episodes. I certainly hope not, Nick. Yes, I'm actually quite enjoying this. I have to say, I'm enjoying our, our uh, podcast. Exploits. Can I just can I just compliment on how smart you look for Thank today's episode? Thank you very much. Well, I thought I'd make an effort. You always look so much smarter than me. I thought you know today is the day I would try and outdo you. Okay. Well, I'm just consistent. You know what can I say? I like that. I like that. So, um, uh, right, but we've had some comments. People don't know where to find, so they see the video. Yes. And they want to subscribe to our podcast. How would you do it? The easiest way is probably going onto our website. And now what we've done to make it even easier is we've got a podcast tab right at the top. So you can go onto that and that will take you to various other avenues. So you, if you like your Apple, I'm a big like Samsung Apple. fan. I'm a big Samsung fan. So for me, it's Spotify <laughs> and Stitcher. Um, but then obviously you can go on to, to YouTube. So we do have the videos there as well. And we also embed them into various blogs depending yeah. upon the topic. And if, but if you go onto any of these, so if you go onto iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you can actually search for the Green Age. Yes. And then the Green Room will pop up. Well, what I've done, which is quite nifty on Spotify, I've actually, so now, now every time we launch it, I, I should get a little reminder. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm subscribed to the podcast, so I, yeah, I will get a little pop up. Very good. So there's new episodes released. Yes. Okay, right. Good. That will cover that. So... What are we talking about today? So actually what we're going to do is we're going to do a whole series of uh, videos exploring different elements of the thermal envelope. So that essentially means is looking at different types of insulation, for example. And today we're going to spend quite a lot of detail looking at loft insulation. Okay. So it's, I think it's a quite a good place to start. So loft insulation, uh, we're, we're talking about 25% of our heat escapes via that avenue yeah so it escapes through the ceiling into the loft and then into the atmosphere so that if we can slow that movement of heat if we can stop mm -hmm. all that heat loss then obviously our energy bills will come down um and despite it being un unseasonably warm at the moment yes um it does actually work insulation doesn't just work in the winter everyone assumes it does but in the summer, it's stopping your, your home overheating as well. So hopefully, yeah, the rooms are then upstairs when you've got those bright sunny days will feel nice and cool and yeah, comfortable. exactly. So so today, as you mentioned, so we're going to start with the loft. Um, so warm lofts, cold lofts. So I um, so the context, I guess, is we've got what in the UK and I think European statistics, and I could be wrong, I think, uh, says we've got the second worst... Um, thermally efficient properties out of all the kind of European, major European countries, which is quite significant. So we live in old properties yeah. and we have to get them up to some sort of thermal standards to, to slow that movement of heat down. Yeah. My my take on it is so I, I don't use the loft very much. Yeah. So I probably, you know, after Christmas, before Christmas, get my Christmas lights and various things up and down. And then in the summer, I've got some old furnishings I bring down for the barbecues. Yeah. So I just need that purely for, for storage. So okay. I guess I'm in the cold loft category. So, so, but the difference is basically, so a cold loft is when you have the insulation directly above the highest habitable room's ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, if you've got two stories in your house and uh, above that second story, you'd have insulation there. That would sit just between uh, the rafters 
and that's going to slow that movement of heat. A warm loft is where you don't put the insulation at that level. You put it between the rafters. So that's, if you can imagine, there's the slant on, mm-hmm. your, on your ceiling in your roof space. You're putting the insulation between there. Yep. And so, so just clarify. So joists yeah. on the ceiling and rafters above at the top. At yeah. the angle. Yep. And so basically what you're doing there is you're allowing heat to go through the ceiling so your loft space is warm. Now... In terms of energy saving, I guess you are heating, therefore, if you go for a warm loft, you are heating that loft space, mm-hmm. right? So you are going to need to produce more hot air, essentially, in your house via your heating system. Mm-hmm. So your energy bills aren't going to be as low, obviously, as if you were to do it just above the ceiling. And probably I'd say is what if you're going to use it as a warm space, you might need to even consider installing some form of heating up there because that would be more, I guess... Yeah, exactly. And and why... What kind of things are people... Why are people doing warm lofts? I mean, obviously, they used to do them because they could potentially put new bedrooms up there and yeah. that sort of thing. But I think now, if you're doing that, if you're converting a loft, you have to do it to building regs. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to do it properly, which is a hell of a lot of insulation. Um, but if... Why would people do a warm loft? What kind of stuff... I guess I guess if you got um, uh, if you're kind of into <coughs> antiques, <laughs> store them all out of eyesight. Yeah, well, so well, so I'm out, yeah, exactly. But um, I think it just it helps preserve certain things. You know that that because you know in the winter, if yeah. you obviously stop that natural movement of warm air coming through, yeah, then I don't know. You know, it might be just too cold, and and that might it's damage. A bit damp up there, exactly. Yeah, sort of old papers and that sort of thing might. So rot. yeah, I mean, particularly yeah, if you've got valuable valuable things, and then yeah, if you kind of occasionally see yourself spending a bit of time up there, you know. Um, I don't know, playing some computer games, I guess. Out of sight, you know, from, from everyone else. So yeah. I, I guess that's why you, you do it. But as you said, you probably want to do that properly, which properly means is getting up to building regs, but then you're talking quite a lot of money. Yeah, you're talking a lot of money. Yeah. So, and I think, the, I think when people talk about loft insulation, commonly they're talking about the insulation just above the ceiling. Yeah. So at a joist level. Um, and that has been typically funded for free, right? Up until what? Quite recently, actually. Yeah. They changed the, the, the laws and regulations. And I, and I think, so, you know, when building regs first came in, the thickness of insulation was relatively little you had to put in there. Um, so it was about 50 mil. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about putting 270 mil thick of insulation, right? Essentially a carpet of 270 mil. Yeah. Which obviously, listening on, on a podcast, you don't know 270 mil is. But it's a decent amount, yeah? So then, okay, right. So we, we what you've said there, so typically we're going to go for a, a retrofit, yeah? So yeah. we're going to install it above the ceiling. So yeah. in terms of installing it, how easy do you think it is for the average person to i think the average person should find it relatively easy yeah provided you've got lots of headroom in there so, so you can access access so you can wander around there i think the the danger of it there's there's two well three things that are worth pointing out if you're trying to insulate it off yourself number one there are joists that you need to walk on if you stand between the joists it is just plasterboard and you will come through and that is embarrassing and you look stupid and yes. you have to repair yes. it and so forth. Right? You're talking from, uh, from experience. Then. I am not talking from experience. Uh, I have been close to falling through my ceiling, but I haven't done it yet. Um, so that's first thing. Second thing, um, when you're doing it, if there are any, if you have electric showers and that sort of thing, um, and you have, a, what, what would that wire be described as? A high 
uh, live live wire with high voltage running through it. Yeah, so basically live. Yeah, yeah. basically, so, and and so by wrapping that in insulation, in theory, you know, it can get extremely hot and could yes could cause fires. I think it's highly unlikely, but it's worth saying that spotlights as well as is, yeah, is so spotlights. So so in LEDs, all these things are trying to dissipate heat to keep working. They're trying to get rid of the heat. So if you sort of surround them by insulation, mm. then that doesn't help them perform necessarily. Okay. Um, and so it might reduce their lifespan. Um, but the other thing is if I've suddenly got loads of insulation on the floor of my loft, as it were, yeah. and I've got cold water tanks up there, which yes. help feed in my boiler, um, there's no heat in there. So in the winter, if it's minus five outside, in theory, the pipework up there, which previously heat was escaping and keeping those pipes relatively warm, that doesn't happen anymore, so you need to insulate the tanks. Yeah, so that's if you've got a gravity pipes. gravity fed system. Yes, yeah, so if you've got a combi boiler or mega flow, typically not an issue because there's no pipe work up in the ceiling, mm-hmm. up in the roof. But if if you if you have one of the older sort of heat only boilers, yeah, conventional. Okay, boiler. so so you need the right equipment. Yeah, um, and you need to take ma- care masks, glasses, and if, and if you don't feel comfortable, as always with everything we talk about, get a professional. Yeah, there are companies that you can pay to come and basically lay this insulation for you. Um, so definitely do that. We do not want anyone taking any unnecessary. Yeah, and um, I'd say, I mean, we do have kind of self-installed guys on on loft on the Green Age website. But I'd say, you know, if, even if you're not going to do them, it's good to kind of familiarise yourself with the process. So then, when you know, if you do go for a company that does it, um, they they won't kind of price for anything that's you know unreasonable outside the remit. Yeah, that's, agreed. That's not really required. Agreed. Agreed. But if you are going to do it, then it's suggest suggestive to me that that one you need good access, good light, and and equipment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before you kind of even venture on. Yeah, you do, and I think I think, and we'll we'll mention very briefly the types of insulation you can use. But if you're using the one that most people will use, which is this mineral wool mm-hmm. glass fiber stuff. Yes. Yeah. It is itchy as hell. Um. I don't know if you've ever used it but i mean it is horrendously itchy so you need to cover yourself completely what the best way to do it honestly is to get this kind of big painter's boiler suit Mm -hmm. type thing and get gloves and completely cover yourself and then once you've finished chuck it all away i've seen you and alan do it actually yeah there's a there's a a blog actually of james and um alan yeah actually installing the stuff um somewhere in a I, i'm not doing it again locally <laughs> <laughs> i will do it in my own house once but it's an experience yeah so certainly an experience so you were there what up for a couple of hours yeah it's a couple of hours and it's and it's really relatively simple so what you're doing is you are buying insulation now when you go and buy rolls of insulation and you can buy them from b&q and buy them from any good sort of well shop like that <laughs> Um, they will um, be perforated. So if you get a big roll of insulation that's, say, three metres long in total, mm-hmm. two metres long, sorry, in total, it'll have little cuts within it, and that will be typically the width of your joists. Yeah. And so you don't even need a knife. You literally just can break it off. It's really, really super easy. And then you roll... So the first layer, you're rolling between your joists. Yeah? And joists are typically 100 mil. Yeah. So what you do is you would buy the the wool because you can buy different thicknesses of roll, yeah? So you'd buy the one that's 100 mil mm-hmm. thick. You then roll it between your joists. And the joists are typically, what, 370 or 520 mil? Depends. It does depends depend a little bit. Depends on what you have. often 370 mm-hmm. mil. So mm-hmm. you basically, you just roll it between them. And so what you will see then 
is the, you'll see all the top of the joists yeah. and you'll see the insulation. Sorry, interjecting question. So what if you, like lots of other folk, you've got kind of uh, stuff that's been up there for... Old insulation. Yeah, and it's just sort of sitting there between the joists. What do so, you do with it? Do you leave it? Do you take it out? Do you? This, this is up to you. Okay. So you can leave it because you're covering mm. it with new insulation. Um, and it's... I, I would be... Based on the fact this stuff is so itchy and so horrible to use, especially the older stuff, mm. um, I I would leave it. Because yeah. you've got to find somewhere to you've got to get find rid of it. To get well. rid of you've it. Got to get and it's a lot of bin bags. Yeah. It's a lot of mess. You've then got to take it back through the house in these bin bags. So I would probably leave it there. Um, I think also it's worth mentioning, if you have 100 mil of insulation in the loft already, uh, the energy savings from putting more insulation up aren't going to be massive, mm-hmm. right? So you're almost getting the full benefit. It's the rules of diminishing returns when it comes to insulation. So the first 100 mil, the biggest impact. Well, yeah, it? the first first centimetre does mm. more than the next centimetre, does more than the next centimetre. And about it's about 100. If you're going from, they're called virgin lofts, right? No insulation. Yeah. If you're going from nothing, you'd put in 150 mil, you know, Building regs stipulates uh, building regs. Yeah. Stipulate is it two seventy or three fifty? So yeah, so I think point one eight new value or something. Yeah. Like so that. that so you've got to put three hundred fifty million or two seventy whatever it is. Um, but if you're doing it at home, you could just put one hundred fifty million, mm-hmm. and you will get most of the benefits. You'll get kind of ninety five percent of the energy savings. Okay. So so you've done the first bit with the joists. Then so I've done the first bit. Now, if you've got spotlights that you mentioned mm-hmm. before, you can get little cones that you put over each spotlight before you roll out your insulation, mm-hmm. and that will give the spotlight enough space for the heat to dissipate around yep. it. So worth doing that first. Okay. Yeah. And if you've got wires up there, try and sort of pin them a bit higher so yes. they're above the insulation yes. rather than bedding all the insulation on top okay so we've now laid out our first bit so i will be looking across the loft space and i'll just see loads of joists obviously running mm-hmm. and insulation running between them mm-hmm. right so my next roll of insulation is then um it depends how much you want to get yeah but if say i go for another 100 mil mm-hmm. yeah i then run that 90 degrees so at right angles yes. to the joists so basically, by the and I butt those right up those those mm-hmm. rolls. So by the time I've unrolled it across the loft, all I will see is just this carpet of insulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and once you've done that, you have a very very well insulated loft. Mm-hmm. Now the downside of that is that you really can't store anything on that. People do. Yes. Yeah, but you but ideally. You can't store stuff because it's soft and squidgy. So this this is how I understood it. So when you've got a fibrous material, yeah, the um, the key thing there is because it's soft and crimp, um, the what well, the, the warm air gets trapped in the pockets that the yes, yeah, so yeah, as very insulator gets trapped in the little pockets within it, and that stops of moving the heat essentially from one side of the insulation to the other. It doesn't stop it; it slows it. Mm. So the thicker the insulation. The, the more it slows it. Yeah. So, um, but as you say, as soon as you compress it, it doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just a bit gross mm-hmm. storing a Christmas, an artificial Christmas tree yeah. or something like that on top of it. Because then when you take that Christmas tree down, it'll have little bits of glass fiber all over it. But also, I suppose, I think what you're getting onto, so is if we could um, 
build an area, so extend the joists yeah. and put chipboard on top. So when you say extend, you don't mean lengthwise, you mean height. Upwards. Yeah, exactly. So then the insulation underneath is not pressed, yeah. but you're still getting the benefits. Yeah, so there's so there's a few ways to do it. There's um, You can add more timber up there, mm. but that's obviously, then there's a weight issue. Yeah, so there's it's quite heavy timber. Yeah. So if I'm putting that and I'm attaching that and taking the, the, uh, the joists are doing that, I would be nervous about the ceiling weight. Okay. Right. So you've got another option. Uh, you can use loft lifters. Yeah. Or I mean, there are other names for them, but essentially, what these do, they're they're kind of quite solid bits of so plastic. So mechanically, they're attached to to the yeah, joist. They, yeah. They saddle the joist, mm. and they they basically have a little plate on the top of them, mm -hmm. which will allow you then, and that plate can go up and down. So it depends what height you want, and yep. how much insulation. You can then put your chipboard on it and make a kind of flat, solid surface that's mm -hmm. perfect for storing suitcases or whatever you want to okay. store up there. Um, you can, obviously, just put 100 mil between the joists and then attach the chipboard directly to um, the joists. Yes. And that will give you a really solid surface you can walk on. The issue there is that it's not that much insulation. Yes. Yeah, you're limited to the 100 mil. And if you have old, grotty insulation, you haven't removed that, Mm. then obviously that's it's, gonna, it's gonna yeah, you're not going to get as yeah okay so i would um i would use loft lifters if you're going to use it for storage basically okay and that will allow you to have your sort of 300 mil everywhere so um okay so that for, for me kind of lends its well to to the next part of the topic which is kind of different options but i was just going to say one thing which is quite good about the fiber side yeah is a, it's um Fibre is also good at um, noise acoustics. Yeah, it's really so, good. It's, it's very good. So if you're getting planes and stuff overboard, yeah. you might suddenly find by putting the loft yeah, insulation down that it's actually quite good for Absorbing noise reduction. Noise. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you say, there are loads of different types of insulation, which I think we're going to try and cover now. Mm -hmm. Name a few. Go. Top of my head. So we talk about fiberglass there. Uh, you can get um, rockwool. As yeah. well, which is again another type of fiber. Uh, you can get uh, sheep's wool insulation, which is naturally made from uh, recycled sheep wool insulation. Yeah. Uh, then for me, it's going on to kind of more uh, insulation board type materials like Kingspan, Teletex. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could probably even do you can use hemp. Hemp. Um, was do you remember that? La llama. Llama wool. That I was going to say that. Llama wool. funny guy got touched us about llama wool. Llama wool, yeah. Um, which sounds a bit niche, but anyway. Um, I'd have to say, out of all those options, if I if I had the funds to do I'd probably go for sheep wool insulation just because it's uh, fantastic. Natural properties. Breaks down formaldehyde. Breaks down formaldehyde, as you said. Um, it's uh, probably for, for kind of moisture absorption. Yeah. Uh, it, it sort of... Um, uh, Lost, lost the word there for a second, but you know it can take the moisture, take its some of its weight, yeah. and then dissipate as well, and still yeah, keep yeah. it. So it's fully breathable, basically. Thermal really, properties, yeah. yeah. I think the the thing to mention with the sheep wool, if you're going to go that way, and we have loads of people ask us this. I did have a question a from question. Germany. Someone called me up this go week, then. and that's why I there was a there was a couple from Germany. Uh, the lady, lady was English, the husband was German. She said, "Oh, you know, where can I get this in Germany?" I was like, "Well, actually, did you know that the company that." You know, pioneer this stuff is Austrian based, and you know, connect to them together. Yeah, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, okay. just helping, helping the people. Oh, absolutely, that. yeah. Um, the, but you need to get treated sheep's wool. Ionic yeah. bonding is that what it's? So, so you can get. There's a few types. So basically, if you just have sheep wool and you shove it up, so I've got some sheep outside my house, and I basically take their wool and put mm. it in my loft, 
you are going to have issues mm. because things, most different parasites will just eat that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it will become disgusting very, very quickly. So you can either chemically treat it. So there's lots of different products. So you can use thorium IV, which is one method of treatment, yeah. which is a, it's basically a chemical stuff. Yes. Um, and, and that is going to basically make this fiber not very tasty for these little parasites. Or you can, um, what's it, plasma ionic bonding? Yeah. Which is where you're changing the structure of the sheep, sheep's wool. Yeah, so if you look in um, nature, uh, spider's web, spider silk, it never gets eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they've done is they've basically found a way to change the external structure of the sheep's wool fibre to resemble silk from spiders, and therefore it's it's not eaten. It's very clever. Which is really clever. It is really clever. Yeah. Um, so, But obviously, for all these added benefits, you are paying a lot more, considerably more, yeah. You know, as, as you were saying earlier, you can go to Selco and get a roll of insulation for ten pounds. Yeah, if you're looking for sheep wool insulation, it's probably about ten, well, more than twenty times the price. It's going to be considerably more expensive for the kind of same same areas and same volumes of covering. It's really important with sheep wool insulation to remember that a lot of things that are called sheep wool insulation are actually blends. Okay, so so yeah, worth mentioning. So so they have fibers, basically sheep wool to bind it all together. They use plastic to bind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like thermal fleece yeah. isn't, I don't think it's 100% sheep wool. I think it's 70% sheep wool. So, so still, it's still good. Still good. It's, it's really good. It's got a lot of the properties. Not as high as if you 100% sheep wool. Yeah. Um, we might need to fact check that number because otherwise we'll get in trouble with thermal fleece. Um, but good good company. No, they're, they're as I say, you're as using company, sheep. They definitely do 100 you're using sheep wool insulation. It's a natural product. Mm-hmm. You know, it breaks down uh, vox, volatile organic compounds. Um, so it's good stuff, right? It is very good stuff. But number one, it needs to be treated. Yes. And number two, be be aware that if you're doing it from a purely environmental point of view, you you might not have 100% sheep wool unless that's exactly what you say. Okay, so all right, that, I think that's kind of the fiber ones or fiber material ones ex- exhausted uh, yeah. to death. And then going on to onto boarding, yeah, it's onto yeah. onto basically um, whereas fibrous materials uh, they trap the warm air in pockets, the uh, insulation boards just by their density, yeah, they 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 stop that movement. Yeah, exactly. So a couple of products, uh, Celotex Kingspan boards. Yeah, very very involved process if you're going to do it that way. Because it's yeah, basically because you need to cut your so whereas the wool kind of squishes between the joists, with that you need to cut the boards to size to squeeze them between the joists. Um it makes a really solid surface, right? And if you're comparing thicknesses in terms of their efficiency, yeah. So the thermal savings you'd get, yeah, a Celotex, for example, a PIR board compared to any type of the wool, mm-hmm. you will need a lot lower thickness, a lot smaller thickness of, of that type of rigid insulation board compared to the wool to get the same energy savings. But you probably won't get the, the acoustics. No, exactly. Exactly. So, although, yeah, as you said, so you're gaining on what you can basically use in terms of thickness, yeah. but you're probably losing some of the benefits of, of the fibre. Yeah, and I, th- I think the other thing to mention is fire safety. Yeah, so mineral wool, if it's rock wool especially, it doesn't burn. 
you know, it's made it. It's like candy floss, but made out of rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't burn. You've got sheep's wool, which releases nitrogen, I think, when it does. So it sort of smoulders, but it releases nitrogen that puts out fire. Mm-hmm. So it's non-combustible. Mm-hmm. Um, those PIR balls and sellotets, they're treated, but they're not nearly as good. Yes. Right? So uh, just be wary of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it never comes to that, but I think you do need to be aware of it. Yes. Why are you smiling like that? Well, it's uh, um, it's uh, I think the fire topic is quite a controversial topic out there. But I mean, I, I'd say for me, you know, if I had a choice, it's it's probably on 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 the fiber side. I'd probably go because I want a bit more acoustics. And also, it's cheaper. Mm. Yeah, it's cheaper to use fiber. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's cheaper to use the. But you know, some people just like to cut things during the <laughs> DIY weekend, so uh, you know they like to get the saw out and yeah, all that stuff. So they might just want a more involved project, you know. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of getting into that season, yeah, no, the kind of DIY enough. season. So yeah. The... Um, okay, so that's cold off. So I just had an image of you know a DIYer up there, you know, getting all his tools out. Yeah, with the wool, he's just got, yeah. Okay, fair, and also nicer to install, mm. right? Because it's not as itchy. Um, so. We've warm lofts, yeah. We we have basically covered. So we're stopping insulation at the ceiling level. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the insulation between the joists initially, and then I tend to run at ninety degrees. Yeah, and it's important just to kind of close off the topic in terms of saying. So if you've got a a more modern property, yeah. certainly if if it's been built, when would you say? But the last ten years, when building yeah. have been really good in the sense that they've stipulated quite high mm-hmm. um, insulation factors. It's very, 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 very likely that um, yeah, you won't need to kind of do anything to that loft anyway because it's going to be so well insulated. So uh, what we've talked about here is retrofitting the the older properties, the more kind of leakier properties out there. Yes, and and if someone, to be fair, I would say in the last fifteen years, mm. right since about two thousand five ish, um, if you've been insulated since then, I don't think it is worth paying someone to do a top up. Yeah, right. I think they would have put a decent amount of insulation in if it was done pre two thousand. Then you might so say if you've had 100 mil and that's squished down a bit, you can yeah, you might want to put some more, more, some more insulation above it. Well, the other thing we do see is, um, when these insulation companies go in, occasionally they board out the area, so they put 100 mil beneath the jo- between the joists and then they board it out. Mm-hmm. You could what you could do is put insulation on top of those boards, yes, but leave an area for storage, yes, where it's just the boards, um, which is always worth doing. But if you're going to try and do this yourself, as I was saying, so you're going to go DIY masterclass, make sure you don't step between the choice. Um, and, and the Watch other thing... Watch out for electrics and you know, yeah, make sure the, you've got the good other lights thing up is, there on access. Uh, we, when you have the cold water tanks up there, you can, you can buy specific water tank jackets that are designed specifically for this. Mm-hmm. So they are going to insulate all of that area up there. So when it does get freezing and it's very, very cold up there, you have a nice... Well, it means that the pipes don't freeze. Mm-hmm. So make sure you look at that because that's something people often overlook. Okay. Um, what is so we're doing warm lofts now? That was cold lofts. Okay. I may have said warm lofts by mistake then, but we're now going to move on to warm lofts. Yeah, and so that is where we're insulating at raft level. Yeah, process and, and how to. So again, um, you can use um, different types of materials, mm-hmm. so fiber and and hardboards, um, but they are obviously. Because you're, the challenge there is you've got gravity. Gra- gravity yeah, yeah, I was going to say. So you might need a second person. So whereas the first 
activity can be a little bit independent, although I would... would We'd always have two people up there, we'll a buddy system, a DIY. But I'd say, you know, if if you can probably get away with doing the cold loft yourself, yep. however, the, the, the warm loft, you might need someone there to, as you're stapling the uh, fibre insulation between the rafters, someone there to hold it for you in position. Yeah. So, so you get it up there. And, uh, and also it's important to there not to bridge with your roof sarking or, or to, to the, um, to the tiling on top of your roof. So you need to leave an air gap. So that's, that's if you're one using thing. rigid boards. Oh, is it, I thought it's also for, if you're using wool, it's not really an issue because they're breathable. Okay. Perfect. Always learn something. There you go. Uh, so, but yeah, I'll just say it's a much more, much more involved process. You can, at the end of it, once you have insulated, normally that's what most people do. You can leave the insulation bare, or you can actually put a, a board to, to cover it. Yeah. So um, you know you, you don't kind of see it, and it all, all looks a bit more aesthetically pleasing. Um, have you come across the people that will come and spray the rafters of your house? I've had lots of phone calls about it. Um, what would you do? I'm, <clears throat> I think if it's um, if it's a traditional house, I would stick to more conventional methods that we've talked about. Yeah, uh, conventional materials. Because it depends on closed cell or open cell, doesn't it? What product they're actually spraying. Yeah, um, I just don't know. I don't know enough about it. Um, I just think you know, if you kind of spray something, it's going to go rock hard. You know, and if it's not breathable, I just, I just, I just don't know. You know, it, I mean, if it was um, for me, if it was. Um, a metal house or something, you know, of, of, of kind of more non-traditional build, then then I'd probably say, you know, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a process worth considering. But certainly, you know, if I was, um, you know, a traditional masonry Victorian house, I'd go for the fibre rigid boards. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because we, we've had a lot of people get in touch about that. And there are these companies that come in and it's a little bit like the hard sell of double glazing. We're in your area for the it's, next... It's quite, it was quite big day. in the United States... Um, yeah, but yeah, but it's more and more we're more of companies are you so know. just take your time yeah. if someone says they're only there for the day and they can do it for half price and it's only £7,000 yes seriously seriously don't be fooled by yeah it. because actually you know what you said um, the cost of of insulating the, the the joist part will be no more than you know materials and stuff yeah so I, I think on an average loft the materials are going to cost you what 400 quid and this, I mean, not some massive mansion, but if you're looking at 400 quid and then your labour may be the same. Yep. Um, so you should be able to do the job pretty comfortably for £1,000. So if someone comes and quotes you this amazing new product and it's going to cost you several thousand, it's not worth it. Um, I don't think the energy savings are there. So just be, just be a little bit sceptical about it. And if you've got any issues there, you can always call us. And one of the team will, will certainly help. Uh, just, just um, had a comment here. Um, is what happens of the horror stories about damp caused by insulation in loft? I'm just thinking, when would you have damp unless you've got maybe other other issues? I, you know, you've got water penetrating the roof and it's kind of sitting on yeah, there. Yeah, it can sit there. Burst I mean, pipes. Yeah, yeah. You you can get it because it's cold, moist air can condense up there if you have. A cold loft. I, I wouldn't worry too much. If you're using wool, you should be fine with mm-hmm. that. Um, but always worth checking. And you can always add more ventilation. Yeah. Yeah, so you can put vents within it. Oh, this thing called, you come across easy vents? Yes. And they're like little 
little bit of plastic, like a plastic O that's very, very squished. Mm-hmm. And they just sit in and keep air circulation through the loft space, which are a nice idea. I think they work pretty well. They're very, very cheap and very easy to install. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does insulation last? So if I'm doing this today as my DIY project, am I going to need to revisit it? So, so I'd say what on uh, your fiberglass rock will 15, 20 years? I said comfortably. Um, yeah, so, so this I'd isn't that, something you're going to need to do every year. And the sheep's wall a little bit long, longer, they've said, so yeah. 30, 35 years. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. It's, so uh, it lasts a long, long time. So once this is done, it's done. Um, so maybe if you are doing it and the loft is bare, put a little bit more in. Yeah, the only other thing you've got to worry about is every March and springtime, you need spring cleaning not to store too much stuff up there. Yes. You don't want it to press down. No on one it. likes to hold it. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, uh, um, make sure you keep it nice and clean and then you should be absolutely fine. But I think I think that is, that's lofts covered. As, as you mentioned, we, we have install guides on the website. Yep. So you can print those down. Uh, it tells you everything you're going to need to do to be able to insert your loft. Um, we are going to, over the next few weeks, talk about other different types of, of the thermal envelope, I guess, and, and mm-hmm. talk about windows and doors and draft proofing and all this sort of stuff. Um, so hopefully this is useful if you're considering doing a loft. I didn't know we could talk for half an hour about loft insulation, <laughs> but there you go. Um, but I think that's kind of, that's it from the loft insulation. Point yeah, I was just going to say one thing that caught my... Um Eye in the news is uh, there, there was a there was a report in the, in the BBC um, what was released um, what government agency you know they always want kind of uh, best practice things yeah it's basically saying yeah so uh, in well, they're looking certainly uh, within a decade so for new homes coming on to the grid yeah. they don't want it to be connected by the grid they want to encourage more heat pumps so more kind of non gas related that uh, Absolutely daft, because we have the majority, and I think it's fair to say the majority of our power, our electricity comes from gas power stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're banning gas boilers in the house. Yeah, but you're using gas to make electricity. Yes, and then that electricity is powering heat pumps. If you look at it that way, yes, that's a that's a you know sequence of events that could be reality, but surely. <laughs> No? You being a, a kind of a, a low carbon, uh, how do you say, supporter as well. You wouldn't, I am. You, wouldn't you? No, I, I, I support am, the fact that um, you know, we're trying to reduce our. No, no, I think, I, think that's, I think that's all great. I think the the issue is is one of intermittency. So wind turbines, you know, they only produce electricity when the wind yep. blows. Solar PV only blows when the sun. <laughs> solar PV only makes electricity when the sun's shining. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. You need a certain element of your energy generating capacity mm-hmm. to be based on something that you can produce electricity as and when you need it, yep. regardless of the wind's blowing or the sun shining. So, yes, I agree with you, but we do need some capacity in the grid that we can we can basically turn on and off as mm-hmm. as required. Mm-hmm. And I think gas is the cleanest of the options at present. Mm-hmm. You know, no one knows what's going to happen in the next 10, 15 years. Um, but uh, I think that's an incredibly peculiar decision. I can see but, that on a, as a headline, it's great. I well, listen, I'm uh, I do see what you're saying, um, but I think in principle, I quite like the fact that um, you know if you're building a new house from scratch, 
you get the opportunity to put in a geothermal or a ground source heat pump because that's the perfect time to do it. Um, and, you know, if regulations kind of uh, move towards that direction, I think it's um, it's a good thing. We're going to get comments here. I, ground source heat pump, I agree with. Air source heat pump, not so much. And I think we're going to definitely get comments because we always do about this sort of thing. But I'm I'm very much for ground source. Air source, I don't like. That's bad because I work in this industry, mm. but I don't like them because I don't think the efficiency is there all year round. And and I say CHP, CHP boilers, we're not there yet with CHP boilers. If we get any more comments about CHP boilers, we're not quite there with the okay. technology. Um, but ground source heat pump is good. Anyway, interesting one. We shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Uh, but that is it from our loft insulation masterclass. Yes. Um, so uh, anything, anything else? No, I'll just say, um, so again, uh, as you said, top of the show, uh, you can f- you can subscribe to us uh, onto the various podcasts on the tab on the front page. So just, just go up and subscribe and then Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and then watch our YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <coughs> and then obviously um, look for any updates in our uh, regular newsletters and, and, and mail shot feeds. And uh, get involved. We really like questions. <coughs> so our editor is just dying. <coughs> Um, I think she's all right. I think I think she looks all right. Um, anyway, I think that's it. Let's let's finish before she properly dies off camera, yes. and then uh, and then we won't be able to do the show next week. See you next time. Cheers.